We meet today in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 to verse 30. Now, in our last study, I called your attention to the fact that this chapter gives the philosophy of Christian living. And I also highlighted that Paul will sum up the theme of each of these four chapters just in one verse, and sometimes in one sentence. The verse that sums this particular chapter in a nutshell is the one that begins our study today. And it is a blessed verse, by the way. It is talking about life or death. In life or death, Christ is the one who matters. By the way, Paul, facing the prospect of execution, he had to wrestle with what mattered most to him. It didn't take him long to come to the conclusion, and that conclusion was Christ. He felt that Christ not only made his life worth living, but death worth dying. What a perspective. Isn't that a revolutionary thought? What makes life worth living for you, my friend? Is it your family? Is it your work? The memory you hope to leave behind, what is it? What makes death worth dying? For Paul, it was Christ. What made life worth living? It was Christ. Either way, Christ is central. So he says, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Philippians 1 verse 21. Now, notice that if you will look closely in your Bible, that the verb is, is italized. It is put in italics in most reliable versions. That word verb is, is always italized. What does that mean? That means it is not in the original, but it has been added or inserted by the writers to make the meaning clearer. Otherwise, the verse is actually to be read as, for to me, to live Christ and to die gain. That sounds grammatically wrong, but that's the sense. In other words, Christ lives in Paul. That is what he testified of in Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. The life that I now live in the body, I live by faith through Christ who loved me so much and gave himself for me. It is no longer I who lives. And so Christ lives in Paul. And Christ is the source and the sustainer of Paul's spiritual life. Colossians 3 verse 4. Because Paul is actually in a vital union with Christ, and he lives in devotion to Christ, this is why he speaks of this. Therefore Christ lives in Paul. Death does not interrupt our conscious fellowship with Christ. What a thought, my friend. The moment of absence here is the moment of presence there with Christ. You see, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8 tells us that when we are in the body, we are away from Christ. But when we are out of the body, we are with the Lord. Now, one of the matters said to his persecutors as they led him to death, they were going to kill him. And listen to the profound words that this matter 
expressed. He said, you take a life from me that I cannot keep and bestow a life upon me that I cannot lose. Oh, thank you, Lord. You see, the idea of gain is a precious thought on dying. And this matter I said, yes, I may die today. What you take is what I cannot keep. But as you do so, you actually put on me a life that I cannot lose. You see, after death, Christians will collect the profits of their life's investments for Christ. And God pays rich dividends, my friend. There is no inflation. There is no bankruptcy. He pays rich dividends. It will be gained both in what we lose. That means we lose the sinful body, temptation, sorrow, suffering, and enemies. To lose those things, it is actually gain for a believer. But it will be more gain in what we actually gain. What do we gain? We gain the glorified body. We gain personal presence with Christ. We also gain joy. How about even the reunion with the departed saints? And all the other blessings coming to understand some of the things that we did not know. We shall know. We will ask him and he will let us know. You see, not all share Paul's view. Some would say to live is wealth or knowledge or fame or fortune or pleasure, prestige or power. Of course, this is the value system of the world. But history also has told us that whenever these things come, they are only transitory. They are just for a moment. When they have gone, they will go with another. But for Paul, living in Christ that means the commencement of life was being identified with Christ. The continuation of life was daily revelation of Christ. The conduct of life was self-renunciation for Christ. And the consummation of life will be transformation into the likeness of Christ. Are you not happy that one of these days you are going to put aside that body? I am so happy I'm going to lay aside this body that I carry. In any case, it is a heavy body, my friend. Paul tells us that while we are in this body, we groan, wishing to be unclothed, removed so that we may be clothed with that which is immortal, that which is glorious. According to Paul, he says this is what matters above all. Now, this is the philosophy of Christian living. What is your philosophy of Christian living? If you do not have one, here is one. To live Christ, to die gain. Dr. William Pitgill said that gain is always more of the same thing, by the way. If to live is Christ, then to die would be more of Christ. It means to go and be with him. When we die, we go and be with Christ. To die is gain. Now, although it has taken me even a long time to arrive at this conclusion, which I have found even in Paul's teaching, I am convinced that the most important thing in my life as a child of God is to have the reality of Christ in my life daily. It is not too popular today. 
people who'd rather talk about being dedicated, about being educated, about being wealth, about wanting to save Christ or doing this or that. What matters is to experience the reality of Christ in your life. Paul had that experience and so he could say, for me to live Christ and to die gain. And of course, we now make it sound proper in English. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But the most important thing is to have fellowship with him so that your joy might be full. Then we will have a powerful witness. The problem is that most people want the end, but they forget about the means. The means in this case is actually fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If we say that we have fellowship with Jesus Christ, yet walk in darkness, then the truth is not in us, John tells us. Everything else is a fruitage of this fellowship. For me to live Christ, to die is to be with him. Now we know why Paul was undisturbed by the criticism being leveled at him. You can't hurt a man who is in fellowship with Christ, whatever anyone might say. Even if others were preaching Christ out of envy and strife, that did not disturb him. What mattered for him was his fellowship with Christ. What could anyone do to such a man? For me to live Christ and to die again is a high plane on which to live. I wish I could say I have reached that plane. I'm on my way and I haven't arrived, but that is my goal. What a glorious one it is to aim to that level where you are just in fellowship with Christ. And that is what matters above all else. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. But yet, what I shall choose, I cannot tell. Philippians 1 verse 22. Well, Paul speaks of a life in the flesh, because when he moves out of the body, he will still be living. If to go on living in the flesh be Paul's lot, this will issue in more fruit from his work. If he continued, then he would preach the gospel. If he continued in the flesh, then more people would hear him preach the gospel and he would make more disciples. But he says, yet what I shall choose, I cannot tell. Now the phrase cannot tell has two distinct meanings. Transitive, to make known. Intransitive, to know. To become acquainted with to discover you see paul is saying i am in a dilemma concerning which to choose between life and death all of these are gain it's christ it's gain but i'm in a dilemma as to which to choose because if i continue living i still want to see lives being saved yet i also want to be present with the lord therefore i leave it to the lord Paul didn't know about his future, just as you and I don't know about our future. We don't know what any single day will bring forth. Therefore, it is not within our rights even to have a say concerning how long we should live or how soon we should die. 
What matters is fellowship with Christ. And as long as you have fellowship with Christ, he is in essence saying, I still have some work for you to do. Keep on working. The harvest is plentiful. You are one of the laborer. For I am hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Philippians 1 verse 23 to verse 24. Paul says he was torn between wanting to go to be with the Lord, which is far better of the two, by the way, or staying with the Philippian believers because they needed him. They needed him. And by the way, we too needed him. This is why we need the word of God and we have benefited from his staying a little bit longer. The expression, I am hard-pressed between the two, means to hold together, compress, to constrain. Paul was hard-pressed. He was hemmed on both sides and prevented from inclining either way because of the pressing in upon him from the two considerations. He considered being with Christ. He considered what needed to be done among the believers. He considered the work that was still before him. There is a desire to depart. There is a necessity to stay. There is a very strong reason for either choice. He is being pulled in both directions. Paul is in a dilemma and he is held back from a decision. Now, it was necessary and indispensable for Paul to continue abiding in the flesh, in the body. Paul's energies to be a channel of blessing to the Philippians outweighs his desire for personal gain in going to be with the Lord. So he wants to finish the work which God gave him to do, according to 2 Timothy 4, verse 6 to verse 8. In fact, after the work had been completed, he said, I have finished the race, I have fought a good fight, I have kept the faith. Dr. McGee tells of a story of an incident that took place in one of the black church he pastored. The preacher one day asked, How many of you want to go to heaven? Everyone put up his hand except one little boy. Then the preacher asked the little boy, Don't you want to go to heaven? He answered, I sure do, but I thought you were getting up a lord for tonight. Isn't that amazing? That was the child's mind. He thought, yes, while I want to go to heaven, but it is not now. That is also true of all of us. We all want to go to heaven, but not right now. That is what Paul was experiencing. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Philippians 1 verse 25 to verse 26. Now here the Greek perfect tense implies that Paul has been persuaded in the past and presently thoroughly convinced with the settled conviction. So Paul is practical here. He still has some work to do. These people need his ministry. He wanted to get out of prison and go to be with them again and be a fruit among them. 
Paul will continue remaining with them for the purpose of promoting the progressive advancement of their faith. Paul's purpose is twofold, progress of their faith and joy for their faith. Both words are connected by one definite article in Greek. It is the joy of the faith. Their progress will result in their joy. You see, Paul desires that their exaltation may constantly overflow, exceed a fixed number or measure, exist in abundance, be over and above overflow. People who are always saying, Oh, if the Lord would only come, should get busy, my friend. This is the only place where we can do any work that is going to count for a reward for him. This is the stage on which you and I play our part. I want to stay as long as possible, and I have promised the Lord I will teach the word of God as long as he lets me stay. I will speak his word to the lost generations, to generations that will come. Philippians 1 verse 27 Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Now the word conduct here means your way of life, not only our speech, but our entire way of life should be a credit to the gospel of Christ. Stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Oh, how God's people need to stand together for the furtherance of the gospel. If the church were what it should be in the world today, the world would listen to the message that it proclaims. Here Paul uses the word strive, which is so different from the word strife, strive, different from strife. And we talked about this one earlier in the chapter. In the word strive is the thought of agonizing. We are to agonize together for the faith of the gospel and not cause division about that matter. Philippians 1 verse 28 and 29. And not in any way terrified by our adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation, and that from God. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. You see, God wants fearless fighters with undaunted courage who will not be startled or intimidated by anything. Only holy boldness is produced by the Holy Spirit. Christians have adversaries, enemies all over the place. There is no middle ground. A person is either for Christ or is against Christ. Now the opposition of the adversaries was in fact strong evidence that they were rushing headlong into perdition. Perdition never means annihilation, no. Too bad they didn't realize their final destiny and flee from the wrath to come. The Christian's privileges are to believe on him and to suffer for him. And always in that order, you believe on the Lord and then you suffer for him. God confers upon us the high honor of suffering with Christ and for Christ. 
Christ suffered to provide salvation, God crowns the believing in his son with the suffering for his son. A glorious reward awaits all who suffer for Christ. When you get to the place where he lets you suffer for him, you have arrived. That is the high calling of following Christ Jesus Christ, of following Christ Jesus. Even when Paul was called, he stood there, he was there on the ground and he asked, Lord, what would you have me to do? One of the things that the Lord spoke of was, I must show you how you must suffer for me. Remember, he had persecuted the church. Now he is called to suffer for Christ as a witness to the Gentiles, but he will also suffer for Christ. Having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me. Philippians 1 verse 30. Now the inner conflict is often the result of an outward conflict of struggle. The Philippians saw Paul beaten and thrown into prison according to the events of Acts chapter 16. And so he was an example and an encouragement to the Philippians. Paul was not talking about something that he had not experienced. He was the example. Paul certainly knew what it was to suffer for Christ. Suffering for Christ is a token of blessing, not a sign that God has turned his face away from anyone. So you hear Paul speak, having the same conflict which you saw in me, and now here is in me. Now this concludes chapter 1 of Philippians, in which we have seen the philosophy of Christian living. This chapter is summed up in one verse. For to me to live Christ and to die gain. Christ is the main center. Christ is the main object. Relationship and fellowship with Christ is what matters. Whether people are preaching Christ out of envy, do we have fellowship with him? Whether there are troubles surrounding us, do you have fellowship with Christ? That is what matters, my friend. Does Christ matter in your life? Sometimes you may go into a church or a fellowship and people are splitting hairs over some minor issues. Are you gathering yourself around the person of Jesus Christ? Remember that when Christ is the focus of communal gathering, all that is temporary gives way to the eternal. And may God help us to focus on Jesus Christ as the writer to the Hebrews admonishes us. Let us run this race before us with perseverance, focusing on Jesus Christ or fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by seven two six four one four four seven five. From within South Africa it's zero seven two six four one four four seven five.